0: lived in the city of Colossae and, and, and we're pretty convinced that Colossians and Philemon are sister books, they go together because some of the people mentioned in, in the book of Colossians are also mentioned in the book of Philemon. So we're talking about the same people. Um, Philemon was an important man in his community and apparently a man of some wealth. We know that he, ha- he was a slave owner. Uh, I think that Athia is his wife, and we read about Archippus, who is also mentioned in the Colossians book. Onesimus himself is is mentioned in the Colossians book. Um, Now, this this is a fun book to get through, and it's kind of interesting. Usually, Paul sets his credentials by letting people know that he is an apostle he has to kind of do that because he wasn't one of the original 12 apostles. But due to, due to his, his, uh, his experience, uh, uh, as one of my teachers back in high school said, Paul saw the light. And I, maybe that's where we get that phrase, because Paul saw the light on, his road, on the road to Damascus. And, and got this specific commission from God to uh, the Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, to Colossians. To Timothy and Titus, he calls himself an apostle. To the Romans and the Philippians, um, he calls himself a servant. But uniquely, in the book of Philemon, he calls himself a prisoner. And there may be a reason for that. Uh, So I just want to read from the first three verses, and it may not be on the screen. So uh, if you brought your Bibles... Philemon, If we were all using the exact same translation, I'd tell you what page number, but I can't, can't do that. All right, Philemon, verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace to you and peace from our God, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. There we go, that works. If there's ever been a book, we've been talking about unity. If there's a book on unity, I think Philemon is a good one. Um, But I I also want to discuss it with with some seriousness. Uh, The purpose of the church is not to make you happy. And it's not your social circle. That's not the goal of the church. The goal of the church is to show you Jesus. Now, if we are Christ-like, I do think there will be a sense of community. I think Jesus provides us that. Jesus had community with his disciples. Com- community, com-unity. Com means with. Literally, community is with Unity. Jesus built his church to draw us together to God. I think that we will have that. But the unity is a result of us drawing near to God, not the other way around. And so today, we've, we've spent the year saying what we should do to get unity. Today, I want to show what happens when we have it. And I think that's what Philemon gives us and why it's kind of a fun book to get through. So continuing in our reading, verse 4. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you brothers have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Paul was refreshed by the Colossians, by Philemon and Athia, and by Onesimus. We'll, we'll get to him. He saw his Christian brothers and sisters as the thing that brought him joy while he was in prison. Most of Paul's letters were written while he was in prison. I, in the summer of 96, I did my internship uh, with Pioneer Bible Translators in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. Uh, I, I loved it. I still read books about Papua New Guinea. I watch uh, DVDs. My mother-in-law got me this wonderful four-episode DVD set with hiking through Papua New Guinea. Um, I love watching it again and again and seeing. It, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I left part of my heart there, um, but it's a crazy place. Uh, it, it very very primitive grass huts, no electricity um, in in most of the most of the country. Uh, it, it 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 is it is the jungles of Papua New Guinea. It is it is a wild culture. Uh, it was tough to live there for three months, and there was that coming home that sense of relief. <laughs> uh, I can visit there, but it wasn't home. And, and coming back to the U.S. felt like coming home. And, and after, after college, I went backpacking across the U.K. And I was born over there. I was born in Scotland. But I didn't live there long. Yeah, this is home. U.K. was nice to visit. It's nice to come back to the U.S. because the U.S. is, is my home. Uh, this is what is familiar. It's good to be home. And, and the church is my home. The church feels like home. There's a wonderful feeling when you feel that you are with your family. It feels right. It feels refreshing. I get what Paul is saying. For many of us, the church might even feel a bit more like family than family, depending upon how you were raised, and that's okay. That's a good thing. You might, you might go on vacation. You might even... West Virginia is my home now. Eight years, thank you. Go back to Illinois. I, I know we're recording these sermons. This will be saved for... I don't like Illinois. I, I like West Virginia. I love going to see my parents. I love leaving Illinois and getting back to West Virginia. I never liked it when I lived there. It's not my favorite state. I do like West Virginia. And, it, and, and I love seeing family, but then I love coming home after seeing family. Um. The church is my home, refreshingly so. It's good to be here in this building with the church. You are the church, not the building. It's good to be with my church. When, when, I got mar- when we got married, the men that stood with me, Tim and Corey and Alex and Steve, we all went to Bible college together. And these were my dear friends that we had. We had more than, because I, Bible college, we had more than just college in common. We had our faith in common. And I did have a friend that was offended that I didn't ask him. But he wasn't a Christian. And I never could figure out how to explain to him the most important thing in my life. We don't share. You are my friend. But these guys are my friends forever. And, I'll, and, I, and, and my best man died Six months after my wedding, but I'll see him again because we share that 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 brotherhood that that Paul talks about when he talks with Philemon about that refreshing encouragement of being united together when you draw near to God, your very presence will be a breath of fresh air to those around you um, you know I what 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 was the hardest part of papua new guinea it wasn't it wasn't entirely the lack of electricity it wasn't the lack of it's a jungle and it's hot <laughs> we went we went to the village of of Kariari, and now i know where the where the statement uphill both ways comes from uh, it's on a mountain, but you had to go up one mountain and down another and then back up to get to that one. It was uphill both ways. Crossing rivers, it's about, I don't know, I would, I would put it at five or six miles from the airstrip through the jungle, jungle climate. Um, credit to Mike Sweeney, who was the missionary in Kadiati. In he made a solar-powered refrigerator. In the middle of nowhere, out of wood, which meant that the walls were like that thick to keep you couldn't fit much inside that fridge. But he had a six pack of Pepsi in that fridge waiting for us. And I'm telling you what, nothing in my life has ever tasted as good as that Pepsi after five miles of jungle hiking up mountains, fording rivers up to the middle of your chest. That is the greatest taste I have ever experienced in my life. Nothing has ever compared to that Pepsi. Refreshing doesn't begin to cut that. Um, there were no breezes <laughs> that day. So, so that, was, that, that was such an amazing... And the church is refreshing. Spiritually, it's supposed to be that refreshing. That's why we come on Sundays. After the end of a hard week... Ah, this should feel good. This, should, this is our community. Some people, I, I, I fear, incorrectly see Sunday as a, as a chore. Oh, it's Sunday, I, I have to go to church. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. We, sometimes we treat church as, uh, we get it out of the way and we can get on with our week. Not only is I think that maybe offensive to God, I think it's sad. God gave us the church to renew us, not to wear us out. Uh, so many people have the wrong idea of church. They treat it like a chore. They avoid it. They hurt themselves. We should be an encouragement to one another. Um, back, back when I got out of college, I went to a church. Uh, the, the preacher there was named Jeff Stark. And, and I remember him describing the church as, as a breath of fresh air. And that just stuck with me. That's what the church should feel like. When we get it right, that's what it should feel like. Um. You get through a week. When I miss church, something feels wrong. Um, If I'm on vacation and I don't get to go to church on a Sunday, the whole week is thrown off. I come to church and I think, okay, now it feels like a good week. Now it feels now it feels normal, but now it feels good because that's what church does. It's that it's saints are refreshing. To one another, and we are the saints. The Bible says that you are a saint. It's not based on whether or not you act like Mother Teresa. That's not what makes you. A, you're a saint if you are united with Christ. So then, we should act like saints. But we are the saints, and saints refresh one another. Let's keep reading verse verse eight. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold in order you to do what you ought to do yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he's become useful both to you and to me. I'm sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to to keep him with me, So that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent. So that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated you for a little while was that you might have him back for good. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave. As a dear brother, he's very dear to me. But even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So is there a reason that Paul emphasizes that he is a prisoner? And I think that there is. In the Greek language, the word for slave is the word for servant. It's the same word. In English, we're kind of inconsistent on how we translate it. We're kind of based on context. Doulos is, is the word. Um, and usually, Paul uses that word to describe himself, a servant, a slave of God. But he's not using that word specifically, and I think that there's a reason for that. Uh, We are called to be slaves in Christ, but he is literally... (laughs) We can pick up the context, right? Onesimus seems to have been a slave of Philemon and run away. (laughs) And then having run away, encounters Paul and becomes a Christian. And Paul says, I want to tell you what to do, but I don't want to order you to do it. What, what's, we can read the context. Paul is encouraging Philemon, of his own free will, release this slave. He's a brother in Christ. He shouldn't be your slave as a brother in Christ. I, I think Paul is dodging the I am a slave of Jesus that he uses in all the other books, even Colossians, because he's trying not to glorify slavery. I, I think he's trying to dodge that. So instead he emphasizes that he is not free. He is a prisoner. I am not free. What would that be like, Philemon? It might be like how Onesimus feels every day. Um, Onesimus was a slave, and, and, and slavery existed back then. Abraham had slaves. King David had slaves. Philemon has at least the one. The Bible doesn't glorify it. It does give rules on how to treat slaves. Um, in the bible slavery is not about the color of someone's skin it's a caste thing the rich people had slaves poor people who couldn't afford to take care of themselves were taken in as slaves it was a hard life but it was a life that they could survive on back then there wasn't social security people life expectancy was not huge back then you needed money to get good food to eat healthy rich people could afford slaves poor people could be slaves, and then they at least had a place to stay. Hard work, but they had food. The Bible doesn't glorify it, but it does give rules on a way to treat slaves. I think it's very clear that Paul doesn't like it, as he's encouraging Philemon to release Onesimus. I, I don't I don't think you can say that, that Paul is, is endorsing it. You know, the funny thing, so the name Onesimus means useful. And which is ironic because the ancient world certainly considered slaves useful. Uh, but Paul says Onesimus has been useless to this point. He said, now he's useful. <laughs> now that he's useful, why? Because he's a Christian. He's a brother in Christ. So now that he's useful, you should release him. That's, that's what he's very much hinting. He, he, he doesn't want to come out and say it. If he comes out and says it directly... I. Maybe that would be seen as trying to overthrow the status quo so much. I, I think he's very, I think at the end of the day, he's not terribly subtle. I think he's really very clear on what he wants. Um, he says, Slaves are useless, but brothers in Christ are useful. Brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, how, household slaves, they just have material value. And so maybe we should ask ourselves the question are, are we useful? There are a lot of lazy Christians out there. I think this is why the kingdom of heaven is having trouble advancing in our modern world. I think it's why the church is shrinking. Oh, people stay busy. I don't think we should confuse busyness with being useful. Um, Are we doing something useful? When I was at the University of North Dakota I've I've shared this so I'll, I'll keep it brief. I was writing a paper on the on the prepositional phrases of the Igbo language of Nigeria. I know it's very obscure and, and, and pretty specific. And I messed up. It was a tonal language. Uh, words that were that you say up here are different than words that you say, and they have different meanings, and I missed it. And, you know, it was, I think I had four weeks to write it, and three weeks in, my professor, Dr. Marlott, sits down to talk with me, and he says, you are so far on the wrong track. He said, I don't even know how you can salvage this in the final week. He said he bluntly said, this is three weeks of one of the biggest wastes of time I've ever seen. And he was right. I mean, it was just, I, I, I missed it. And so I'm writing all these words down because I was learning it from a woman from Nigeria. And I was just writing it down wrong. And I had just spent three weeks of just spinning my wheels and it was, it was useless. Um, I, I, I spun my wheels on something that didn't matter. If you are drawing near to God, you will be useful to him, to the church. You know, some people sit around and they're kind of lazy. They show up to church, but they're the audience. They're the spectators. But that's not what we're called to be, is it? I don't need an audience. I don't even, I don't even want an audience. It's not about me. Um, and I appreciate compliments, don't get me wrong, but nice sermon. I, it's always nice to hear it. But that's not the goal. I like compliments. But the best compliment is when we together are united as a church in sharing the gospel of Christ. So ask yourself this. What am I doing for the kingdom of God, for the church? Well, if you can't answer, well, let's work on that. Let's work on being useful. Um, The church doesn't need pew fillers. Now there are a lot of what shameless plug after church. If you think I don't know that I know how to answer that. See Beth, we've got VBS coming up, and we will put you to work. You don't have to be useful every. You know there are not things to do in the church every single day. That's not what I'm trying to get at. You're not. We're not saying you need to be here every single day, or you're worthless. But but you deserve. I'm going to say it. You deserve a ministry because God says you. God want he he has invited you into His kingdom. He has invited you to be in part of the church. And so many people think, oh, I'm not worthy. I, I, I can't do this. I'm not trained. We will find a place for you. One of the greatest places to start is VBS. It's something to look forward to. And I would love to encourage you to get involved at the very least with our Vacation Bible School program. It's a way to minister. Um, every organ of the body has a purpose. And you have one too. Um, not, 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 some organs are very, very subtle. And they're not always seen. I like my liver i've never seen it couldn't tell you what color it is so far it's done a really good job i'm not i think it i'm not even entirely sure what it does i think it filters i don't know but it's keeping me alive i know that so i don't have to see it to know that it's doing it's some some ministries are, are kind of quiet and subtle but but they're useful you are called to be useful read with me in verse 17 So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he, has done any, if, if, if he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hands. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Paul is asking a lot. Paul is asking a lot both from Philemon and from Onesimus. He tells Philemon to take his runaway slave back and treat him like a brother. Awkward. And and in 18, I think what he tells Onesimus in verse 18, I think that Onesimus may have stole money from Philemon on his way out the door. I think that's why Paul says, I'll pay it back if he owes you anything. And that would make going back rough. Let, Let me explain. For a slave to steal from the master, to ask Onesimus to go back to Philemon, that was punishable by death, stealing from your master, depending upon the amount that was... Stolen, And and he is sending Onesimus back with no guarantee that Philemon will release him. He's telling Onesimus, you're a slave, and until Philemon releases you, you're a slave, you need to go back. Paul is asking for a lot from both of these guys. You know, the things that we do before we're a Christian can come back to haunt us, that's just part of life. The Christian faces consequences of actions. And in Christ, we sometimes may need to make amends for things that we did before we were Christians. Like, becoming a Christian doesn't, like, doesn't like absolve financial debt. Well, I became a Christian, I don't owe you guys anything anymore. I, I very much disagree. In fact, if anything, that's all the more reason why we need a strong community that sticks together with us and says, you did these things before you became a Christian, You wouldn't do them now, but they have consequences. We will help you get through those situations. When the church is growing closer to God, the church is bringing others to God, or at least it's supposed to. There's a statement I heard in Bible college. Small churches are small churches because they're small churches. Here's what that means. Churches are generally the size they want to be. I know a lot... 100 is a hard number to break for churches and it's probably the hardest number from all the statistics i've read the churches because at 100 everybody knows everybody it's a small church and and everybody if you're 100 or less you're one percent or more of the vote when they when you vote on things and and you can know everybody and and keep your fingers on things and but when a church gets over 100 it gets kind of big and, and things are going on that you may not be aware of and and so a lot of churches kind of like to stay that small church because they know everybody and they get their say more often. And, and they may subconsciously run people away if the church gets a little too big and things are not the way that I like it. And, and if the church shrinks a little bit because members pass on, earn their reward, we'll, we'll, we'll evangelize just enough to bring in just enough people to keep the lights on and keep things funded but, a lot, but small churches often are small churches because they're small church, because they want to be they, they would never admit that out loud but the members like being a small church they don't want to grow and they don't want to evangelize you know could could we grow if we do acts well maybe but we're not going to consider it because we like where we're at we're comfortable um but the church is supposed to be welcoming of others like Philemon was supposed to welcome Onesimus. and Paul says that Onesimus has been his heart and joy. The Christian community should be the most wonderful thing in your life. Being away from the church should cause you feelings of homesickness and loneliness if we're doing it right. If you're not feeling it, then, then something's wrong. E- either the community doesn't exist, or... or you haven't connected with the community. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes, sometimes people treat the church like a product, and it's the church's job to do this and this and this and this in my life, and, and what am I getting out of it? But you're you're here to serve with us. Um, people. People see that the church is supposed to go to... the, and, and the church is supposed to go to people. Let me be clear on that. The church is supposed to go to people, and especially to non-Christians. I don't I don't want to say that it doesn't. Um, but I will also say that... To, and you know this. Now I'm preaching to the choir. The people that complain the most about what the church is getting wrong are the people that only come twice a year anyway. And they were only going to come twice a year, not because we're doing something wrong, but because they don't want to be involved... And then they're the ones that say, I went to church at Christmas and nobody knew who I was. They're very antisocial. But if you only come to church twice a year, how well can we get to know you? I'm preaching to the choir on this one. You guys are here on a Sunday and it's not Christmas or Easter. Um, The church is to be welcoming, but you are too. The church is you. It's not the building, which means if you see someone you don't know, say hi. Be friendly because if the church isn't friendly, that's on all of us. We are a community, not a social club. It's not meant to entertain you. We are a community that encourages one another to be Christ-like. And if we get that right, this is a great place and we're going we're, we're gonna to love, we're going to look forward to it, we're going to get encouragement and we grow when we encourage others. That's the call. Are we, Are we welcoming? Our our hymn of decision today oh, let, me, let me actually we, we've almost finished the book we would be remiss if we didn't read the last three verses Epaphras my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus sends you greetings and so do Mark Naristarchus, Demas and Luke my fellow workers the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you your spirit the call is to join the church Join the family of God, but not for the sake of the family. We're not doing this to be a social club. We do this for the head of the household. Christ is in charge, and Christ wants to be, he is in charge of the church, and he needs to be in charge of your life. If you haven't united with, with God, through his son Jesus Christ, into his church, into the body of Christ, I'd like to have that conversation with you today. Thank you for listening. You can contact us at our website, firstchurchofchristelkens.com, where you can also find out more. Have a nice week.